And so I think what we're learning is, is through social media and the internet is the opportunity that's in front of us is to get to know each other a lot better. Yeah. And I think one of the things that people oftentimes laugh when I say this, and I understand it, is the internet and social media actually are bringing us all together. They're bringing us together to show us all what's actually been going on for a lot of years. And we're having a lot of hard time. Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, WFPR.FM, anywhere on the internet, and 102.9 in that local Franklin Mass FM dial here today for a Talk Franklin session with our town administrator, Jamie Helen. Jamie, how are you this Friday? Doing great, Steve. How are you? I'm doing well for a Friday. I'm doing some grandson sitting on the side and then I get to have a conversation with you. I mean, it's all good. It is really good. And, um, as we referenced in the last uh, podcast last month, you know, I keep saying it, but, um, you know, if people read the fiscal forecast, you know, I, I started off with kind of a review of post-pandemic stuff. And, you know, we were just at the 9-11 ceremony this morning and to commemorate uh, our, uh, our paramedics and firefighters and mm-hmm. quality of life in Franklin. Uh, it really is probably some of the best in the country. It's probably some of the best in the state region. And um, so things are really going well, I think, in, in town, given the circumstances and relatively speaking around the world. I think we're in really good shape here. Yeah, relatively speaking. And I agree. And I certainly I missed the 9-11 ceremony I, as one who it was a matter at that day. And as we can talk, I'm sure I know exactly where I was that day, whereas some others, unfortunately, fortunately, they, they're yeah. born later or they were young. Um, mm-hmm. And it was interesting because there is an article I shared earlier this week on Franklin Matters. Um, there's a there was a set of college professors who, as part of their preparation each September, would look back for their co- incoming freshman class. What was their mindset? What happened since in in their 18 years of birth? And yeah. the mindset as that comes through each time. Well, we're we're now the kids in 2001 right yeah they're 21 right so they (laughs) there are still things they don't know the year of 2000 and all the dooms that was happening at new year's eve on 2000 right y2k the killer b2k they don't they don't know killer bees were coming after right the killer bees were coming too that kind (laughs) of approach in terms of what is the mindset I mean, even from a Franklin position, it makes sense because clearly we're a dynamic community. Granted, there are still the oldsters, the townies who have been here forever, but with the growth and then with the kind of changes, et cetera, there are people who've been here only six months, five years, 10 years. So the history that some of us have going back 20, and I don't certainly go back further than 25, that doesn't exist. And that for how we deal with that, you know, we can't always assume that people know things because some of them don't, or they may only know some side of it and not the other side. Right. So it, it's an interesting approach and something I try to use to create, obviously, these kinds of conversations to share the info of what's going on in the town, because that matters. And when you try to get consensus that really matters because obviously people associate and get info in a variety of ways. Yeah. 
It is interesting. I mean, obviously, we're acknowledging to the listeners that uh, we're getting older. <laughs> but, but I think that part of it is, I think you're right. I mean, I, I, in the, in the uh, again, I apologize to all the listeners, and I've done this at many forums, too, where I apologize for being positive. Um, I'm well aware of the fact that it's, um, you know, it's tough out there these days for a lot of families, and it's been a tough few years. I think we're all in that boat. We've all had some professional difficulties as well as some personal tragedies. I, I don't know anybody that hasn't or, or very few, you know, and I think that, you know, as we reflect on coming out of the pandemic and looking back at like 9-11, we forget 9-11 was a pretty dark period, um, you know, uh, and I think our country has always had dark periods. We've always had disruption. We've always had chaos. We've always had friction. Mm. Um, in a lot of ways, I think to some degree, these days, we've let it get to our heads that somehow this is the worst era in American history. And yeah. I think we're forgetting that it's not. It, it just isn't. It's, well, and I think the you know, when, you, when you talk to like, you know, folks like I was just talking to at the senior center, right? You know, citizens, you know, um, just going back to Kent State, you know, going back to the revolution in the 60s, voting mm -hmm. rights, civil rights. Right. You know, you, you get into inflation in the late 70s. We've been at war our whole existence. Right. Uh, Russia has always been a problem. Um, you know, all these things are not really new. Um, racial disparity, not new. George right. Floyd, Rodney King, how many other murders? Not new. And so I think what we're learning is, is through social media and the Internet, is the opportunity that's in front of us is to get to know each other a lot better. Yeah. And I think one of the things that people oftentimes laugh when I say this, and I understand it, is the internet and social media actually are bringing us all together. They're bringing us together to show us all what's actually been going on for a lot of years. And we're having a lot of hard times uh, at our own paces in society with people sitting at home and their cars working, folks, you know, whatever they're doing, they're at kitchen tables, coffee shops, they're all trying to cope with a new reality of now we see very clearly in a lot of cases what's really happening. And so if we step above that for a minute and we get out of the hype and we certainly turn off the news, we'll actually realize that as we walk around Franklin today, you know, this is this is a we're in a we're very, very fortunate to be in a very, very good community with a lot of support and a really good quality of life. Giving all the challenges that still exist, yes. Mm -hmm. And certainly there are some that affect others, some more than others, and we totally understand mm -hmm. that. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think we're, we are we also need to look on the positive side, on the hope side, because if you don't do that, yeah. the world even becomes darker. <laughs> um, it really does. It really yeah. does. And I think, you know, this morning, and I think that's why we do these 9-11 ceremonies, um, is not just to placate to the we'll never forget phrase but you know it's important not to forget and i think for younger people like we were talking about off air who um maybe weren't uh were very young when 9-11 happened maybe weren't born yet maybe were uh, in elementary school you know it is important like when you and i were growing up we had pearl harbor right we, we were we were listening to the civil rights era uh history from our parents um, World War II, in the case of my family, you know, and, mm -hmm. um, and all those stories. And, and so I think it's just another generation of continuum. 
I think the world is actually getting a lot better in a lot of ways. Our community is getting a lot better in a lot of ways. But you need that reflective moment um, for something like 9-11 to just remind you that, you know, a short 21 years ago, you know, there was a day where we didn't know we, we, we didn't know if we were going to a full world war. Yeah. Um, and, yes. and we, you know, I mean, you remember that we remember it very clearly, Yeah. but it's, it, not everybody recalls that, you know? Yeah. And, and, and so it is good to have these ceremonies, the senior center director, Danielle and Christina, they did such a marvelous job with the friends of the Franklin elders, uh, you know, um, uh, sponsored the event and, uh, it was really nice, and it'll be broadcast on Franklin TV, Steve. Yep, as you I probably know, know. The crew, was, there know. The crew was there. Yep, the crew was there, and so um, you know, it, it was a beautiful day, and um, uh, the folks upstairs gave us some nice sunlight. So uh, it was a really great morning. You know, kind of piggybacking off of you know a, a good council meeting this week, where we had the new dean, college president, and chancellor come in. Um, you know, I think we were talking offline. It might have been the first time in my time that anybody from Dean had come to the, uh, the council meetings to just talk open-endedly and answer some questions. And mm-hmm. it was great to see president uh, Elmore and uh, chancellor Augustus come by. And uh, I think we have a lot of faith that um, they are going to truly build that bridge around the moat around Dean college. And, and, and my, my guess is, is when these guys get done sometime way in the future, they'll have not just built one bridge, they'll built many in every direction in the community. And so it was very exciting to see them come in this week and, and talk to the council a little bit. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking with them more deeply and doing, you know, maybe even an episode or two if they're willing as well. Um, because they're they're sitting in an interesting position. Certainly, as an educational institution, knowing the demographics are running away, um, mm-hmm. they're in they're in a situation where their their market is diminishing. Many markets are growing. This college environment unfortunately is diminishing so they're going to be even more challenged given the choices that they've already made in terms of their uh programs and approaches which i think is where the president's going to be looking bringing his educational background etc to making sure they have the right Mm -hmm. offerings for a declining market and then to uh the chancellor's point helping the college become better members of the community that in itself, yeah. I think uh, there's a lot of hope there. Um, there's a lot of promise and they're starting. And I, I want to be part of that to continue that because that's going to be a great story as it happens. It will be a great story for sure. And I agree with you that they, um, as I've saying to you quickly before we got on uh, the show today, you know, I think people are going to be blown away at how often they see these folks around town here and there. And, um, you know, obviously Chancellor Augustus with his experience in local government, city manager in Worcester and President Elmore is, I think, near three decades almost at, at Boston University. Yeah, yeah. through um, some you know, big times Dean, there too. Yeah, yeah, so some big times and uh, the post-silver years, I think. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, so we're very, very fortunate at Dean to have them come in. And it was great to have them at the council meeting this week. Indeed. One of the other pieces going back to the council meeting as well, we got an update timely or not timely enough uh, <laughs> on the drought, given that we just had two or three days of rain, but we are still in drought. That hasn't changed. <laughs> we are still in drought, but today announced just two hours ago that the state did put Franklin back into a level two drought. Oh, good. Um, so that four inches and, and plus minus, you know, made a big difference. It, it helps. Um, it's and- not perfect, but it helps. Absolutely. It's not perfect and it helps. And, and, and I don't want to dive too deep into it 
uh, right now. But if the listeners out there uh, are interested in the correlation between drought, water bands, water conservation, and development, apartments, building, et cetera, it might be a worthwhile segment to go back and look at that council meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think they did a, a, a good job, um, you know, um, uh, trying to outline a lot of the myth versus facts. Yep. And um, it was an engaging conversation. But the good news is, is we're going back down to level two drought for the time being. Um, as Brutus and Doug had mentioned at the meeting, we're actually, from a water supply standpoint, still in a good shape here. Uh, decent reserves. Um, that's a testament to the council and, and the staff for their commitment to uh, making sure we invest in our infrastructure in town. And, um, you know, so, so far, so good. We're avoiding the level four drought, which was brought up this week too. Um, but it was good to have an open-ended discussion about water resources at the council. So I encourage anybody to go back and take a look. I got to imagine see this snippet was probably 30 or 40 minutes. Um, so it shouldn't be too long, but I've gotten a lot of emails and a lot of calls. I'm sure you've seen them too, from a lot of residents on Facebook or whatever. Um, just really complaining a lot about development and water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where hopefully that would have been addressed. And certainly I shared the video. Um, I shared the audios in queue to come out tomorrow. Um, but I think the two key points that they do address is that one, we have enough water supply, the mm-hmm. permit requires us to do the conservation measures on a regular basis. And oh, by Mm -hmm. the way, the drought added some additional concerns in terms of restrictions. If we did go to status four, which we've avoided for the time being, things would even get more onerous in terms of what we could or couldn't do. But the good news is because the people have abided by the restrictions that we did have, we are in a good state of you know water supply water uh availability water quality and to your point in the i also talked with uh tom mercer in our quarterbacking session the i and i efforts that the town has funded over the years got us to reduce mm-hmm. from what approximately yeah. a 20 percent loss in the water down yep. to six percent so now we're one of the stars of the state with only six percent of the water being unaccounted for that's amazing Never mind. That is beyond that- amazing. That <laughs> people that are listening out there may think you and I are just pumping this up. Six percent water loss is microscopic. California right now, or Colorado, or Nevada, or Washington, or Illinois, or Arkansas, Texas, those states would be paying whatever they could for this situation right now. Mm-hmm. They are in such dire straits. Right. Um, in 20 years, you'll see some ghost towns out there. The yeah. water situation is so bad. And uh, and we have not had the worst drought we've ever had. You know, this is not the worst drought. Um, it's just a temporary blip on the radar. Last year, we had record rain. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think you're right. And I appreciate the plug about the, the investment in the infrastructure. But uh, folks should go take a look at that video. If they're interested in that, it's on, uh, it's on Franklin TV. It'll be replaying as well. Um, and uh, well worth your while if that's your topic of interest. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And then while I know we were both at the Franklin Downtown Partnership meeting yesterday, you provided some updates in terms of some of the other work that's going around that I think would be worthwhile sharing here as well. Yeah, the, um, we got a lot of projects, visible projects people are going to see. I mean, obviously, I, I told everybody I'm sorry that I'm not sorry about the 
the road work disruption, the detours and, and some of the other things. The roads came out amazing this year. Um, yeah. And for those listeners out there that don't typically drive down King Street or Union, please do it or East Central just so that you can experience what a perfect road can be. Um, they really uh, did an amazing job. Uh, we also have more road work going through December. Um, the, the light has been delayed at Grove Street in Washington until probably December because of the supply chain problems. Who knew, Steve? You just can't go to the Amazon and buy a traffic light. Um, and uh, we got the red brick schoolhouse work that's going to start on the exterior uh, in a week or so, um, which is exciting. Uh, once that project's done, we'll be doing the historical museum cupola up on the top, which will be really exciting to do. Yeah. And, um, you know, overall, um, you know, we got a lot of cool projects going on in town that I think are going to make people really happy and, and we'll, uh, we'll continue to improve the quality of life, which is great. Absolutely. And speaking of quality of life, some of the discussions that we started teasing last time when we talked about the fiscal forecast and outlook, et cetera, mm. um, are coming up with the next uh, economic development subcommittee meeting where you get into some of that work. And again, it's still work. Mm -hmm. it, there's still the process to go through, but those buzzwords, those topics of zoning, accessory <laughs> dwellings, parking, you know, some of them may be more exciting than others, but the conversation is starting. So let's be aware of that and get involved. Yeah, I think that's what my message was. Um, if people and listeners out there are interested in housing, zoning, affordable housing, uh, parking in downtown, um, maybe considering building a, an in-law apartment in their house, uh, uh, converting their garage, uh, uh, building uh, a, a small structure in their backyard because uh, they don't want their kids in their basement anymore. <laughs> mm, yeah. uh, whatever the situation is, well, now's the time to get involved again. And on September 21st uh, at six o'clock, we will have an EDC meeting, Economic Development Subcommittee, uh, chaired by Councillor Hamlin and also includes Councillor Jones, um, um, Councillor uh, Frangillo and Councillor Sheridan, uh, as well as planning board members, uh, Beth Whirling and, and, uh, and Greg Rondo and Bruce Hunchard from the ZBA. Mm -hmm. We're going to start weeding through each of the proposals. We're going to lay out a timeline for the priorities of the EDC, which we just mentioned uh, a second ago. And then um, we're going to start getting to work. And the good, the other additional piece is that that night we will also, you know, I can't say for a hundred percent, but the goal is to uh, unveil a new uh, map for the downtown parking situation. And that would include, by the way, Steve, um, in our bylaws, as you know, we have a downtown parking map, which is available uh, on the town website. Right. But also we're going to add in uh, some changes to, we're going to propose some changes to the parking lot. So I'll throw out a few teasers. Um, so what we're looking at is, is, uh, taking away probably, um, the restrictions on commuter and merchant. And we're going to be looking to open up all of those lots on a first come first serve basis, just like parking should be. Oh, and okay. if merchants yep. want to park there, great. If commuters want to park there. Great. If citizens want to go hang out in downtown, great. Uh, it'll be a microscopic fee on a daily basis. Uh, in both the Ferrara and the Depot Street lots. Mm -hmm. um, and then, um, you know, uh, as you can tell, one of the problems with this is the fact that people just simply are not using the commuter rail as much. Um, and that lot, historically, at least, Steve, 
uh, you know, the listeners probably know this, but that lot has traditionally been all commuters. Um, we right. had way more demand than supply. And so we really never had to do much with this. But seeing as how everything's changing with work and commuting and defining the new normal, whatever that's going to be. Redefining the new normal. Yeah. Yep. I mean, we got to kind of redefine our new normal. Yep. I want to make sure that people that are listening to this do come away with, I think I said this yesterday too, at the partnership, everybody will be really happy with some of these provisions and everybody will certainly not get their ideal situation. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the way it should be. Right. Um, there is no one stakeholder or person or group that should get everything and someone else gets nothing. You mean there um, needs to be a compromise? There needs to be a compromise. <laughs> I think sometimes too, we have to go for the glass three quarters full, glass half full, you know, it, right. it, give and it, take. It, these are, these are complicated things. And sometimes we need to find ways to get out of our own way. Uh, mm -hmm. But those lots will be uh, proposed to be opened up uh, on a first come first serve basis. We're looking at prob I think it's probably going to be 6am to 6pm would be the paid part. And it'll probably be a dollar or two per day. Um, and then, um, and then after 6 PM would be free. So if people are going to go out so to for the show yep. at night would be free from six to midnight. And then we're going to be looking at, um, no overnight parking everywhere. Um, at this juncture, uh, I know many people have been looking for that for a long time because there has been a lot of parked cars here or there just dumped in front of businesses or in lots. Right. Um, you know, for, one of the things that was brought up that I, I, I'm going to mention in a couple of weeks, which was a really good point brought forth by actually a couple of counselors. Um, you know, we don't have any data. We have no data to base any decisions on what to do with those lots in those right. places. Yeah. And it's so one of the goals, mm. it's all speculation and, 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 hi, and hi, hypothesis. So what we're going to do is we're going to actually uh, propose to buy some kiosks. Um, we've researched them and, and, and I've actually gone because <laughs> this is what I do. I go of to course. Towns, and, towns and cities. And I they are elsewhere. And I've used them even internationally. <laughs> you go park, you go to the kiosk, you put your thing in, you put it back on your car and then you go away. I take the family out to dinner. Yeah. You know, and I look where the kiosks are and I pick out a restaurant that everybody might like. If <laughs> we go there and I let them go pay for the parking. Yeah. And, and if they can pass the smell test of my wife in particular, and my wife comes back and says that the experience was easy, yep. then I know that it's going to work. Yep. So, and, and, um, and so we've done a lot of research on this. We're actually really excited about it. You can probably hear in my voice, um, but we're going to put out a, a proposal and we're also going to try to put out some slightly revised hour and, and procedures on the main street at East central street strips, sure. which I think has been, you know, the source of most of the commentary on this issue. Um, but we think we've got a well-balanced plan and we're also, uh, good. As I said, we're going to have no overnight parking, uh, not the residential streets necessarily, but the main commercial streets and the lots, um, uh, because that's been something a lot of people have been looking for. And, mm. and it does kind of give us some, it does for right now, for at least a couple of years, it, this, these proposals will give us the ability to see when do people want to park? Why do they want to park? How much yeah. are they willing to pay for park, not pay for parking? What's the, what's the reaction? And what are the data points that we can take away from that so that we can try to improve more? This gets back to our conversation a minute ago about, um, or earlier before we got on about, you know, we, we, we're, this we're the tortoise in the race. We're slow and steady. Mm -hmm. 
And, 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 and I've said this often with my football analogies I'm in the spirit of the opening of the NFL season, we go for first downs. We don't chuck Hail Marys. Right. Hail Marys are a very low percentage play unless you're Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's still a low percentage play, even if you're the greatest passer of all time of Hail Marys. Sure. Hail Marys are, are there, they're called that for a reason. Yes. And, and first downs are what we do. We -hmm. just keep rubbing the clock away. And this is a, this is a modest proposal that we think uh, people will respond positively to and that they will embrace. It really frees up and opens up the parking lots for everybody. And what we've seen in the trend is no one is buying commuter, commuter rail parking passes anymore. Um, We've sold maybe four, in the last few years, consistently sure. half a dozen tops. Yeah. We got 70 spaces down there and no one's using them. No. So we have a lot of illegal parking. We have a lot of, of this or that. And the town is, you know, we do maintain that lot. We do, we do lease the Ferraris lot. There's mm-hmm. expenses that we have to plow and maintain these things. Sure. And so there is a cost associated. We're not, we're not getting any money back. No. So um, we're just trying to open everything up more freely and fairly. And kind of take away, as you know, Steve, as you've been around, you've seen this. When I first got here, there was a lot of division over who gets the spaces. So instead of deciding who gets them, why don't we just open them up and let Mm -hmm. anybody get them based on a first case basis, right? So I'm hopeful that people will will see the, the, the next first down. You know, I think this is the next first down. And then there's going to be there's going to be another discussion down the road mm-hmm. uh, based of, on of taking data. the next leap based on some real data right. in a modern world, in a new normal, in a changing world, Absolutely. right? Where yep. commuting, driving, walking, all of transportation is being redefined right now. And, um, and so we're hoping to make some improvements. So hopefully this, this stuff will work out. People should mark their calendars again, tw- September 21st at 6 p.m. Um, the economic development subcommittee will be meeting and, and, uh, and people will be able to also be able to get a, a view into what's the future of the housing uh, and zoning proposals as well. So, um, you know, a couple of people have been telling me the agendas have been light recently. <laughs> they're going to have that not happen mm-hmm. uh, very soon where they're going to be very busy. And these are long processes to get through. They're not simple. They take multiple, multiple meetings. Um, but we're really excited to get moving on the work um, after doing so much public process. Sure. Well, in the public to that point, you're still going to have input and let's just foster that by being be respectful as we do have the discussions, because as you've also said, it's not, nothing's going to get resolved overnight. It's going to take a series of discussions. So let's continue to have those respectful discussions and get to a better place and then move to the next first down and then the next first down, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking time to give us these highlights and recaps and have a great rest of the Friday. Steve, have a great Friday. Hope all the listeners out there uh, enjoy the uh, waning weeks of summer and uh, we will talk to you next time. Absolutely. We shall. And for the listeners, thank you for participating. And we do this in case you don't know, we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. 
If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. And by the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.